You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. You're tuned into the Dating and Relationship Show. The purpose of the show is to enrich people's lives and hopefully help them out with their dating life and or strengthen their relationships. I'm Laura Bellotta, founder of Single in the City. I love today's topic uh, because it's something that has become more prevalent over the years. And by broadcasting today's show, we're going to, you know, put a lot of things in perspective for people in this current situation. Today, I have Lauren Millman. She is a marriage, family and parenting counselor. She's joining me to discuss blended families. Also joining me again, nice to see you again, Joan. Thanks for having me again. I love having you, Thank is you. Joan Kelly Walker. She's well, She's well known uh, for her role in The Real Housewives of Toronto. And she's also here to discuss and share her experiences on the topic because she has a blended family. So welcome, ladies, to the show. Thanks, Thank Laura. you. And Thanks. Lauren, I know you and I go way back. We do. So it's very nice to see you as nice well. Nice to see you. So blended families are extremely common today. According to data collected from 1960 to 2014 by the Pew Research Center, only 46% of children were living with two parents from a first marriage in 2014 compared to 73% in 1960. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, big difference. So just to clarify, a blended family is a family that includes children of a previous marriage of one spouse or both. Okay, so Joan, I'm going to start with you. Okay. So tell us about your blended family dynamic. Well, I have two stepkids and two kids of my own. Um, I guess my two boys fall into that category where they still live with both parents, and they will continue to do so. Uh, my so, stepkids... Yeah, how old are they? They are now 25 and 23, and I met them when they were four and six. So, so they were pretty still, little. Yeah, yeah, they were little. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, Lauren, in your practice, how often do people seek counseling for issues that might come or arise from blended families? Well, from... Is it common? It, it's... It's becoming more common. I think a lot of these blended families realize early on before a lot of the arguing and dissension happens that they want to smooth things out um, and ensure that the family is seamless and that everybody gets along. So um, people are asking for help more often, but at the end of the day, it's difficult to ask for help. And usually I don't end up seeing people in my office until there are big issues, which is really unfortunate because if we can tweak things at the very beginning, it's smooth smoother sailing as we get into um, the family dynamic and the longer we're living as a blended family. Do you find mm-hmm. like sometimes they come in and it's it's too late? Like, is it ever too late to get help? So I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a decision. That's a choice. It's only ever too late when you decide that you're not interested or willing to put any effort into it anymore. But and, do people get to that point? I mean, these are their kids. You don't want to um, have it be too late. You can't. You know, ego... Ego does a lot of crazy bad things to people. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it does fall apart, which is really sad because at the end of the day, the people who lose out the most are the kids. Yeah, yeah definitely. So people need it's to really control sad. their ego. I think need, people need to focus that it. the most important thing is the kids. The kids. And they got to put themselves in the back yeah. and they got to put the kids in the front and just really focus on doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Resentment and anger, it, you know, those are those are tough issues to get through. Um, and they often cloud your vision and cloud your intent, if you will. 
So what are some of the difficulties of the modern blended families? What are some of the difficulties you see? Wow, that's a loaded question because <laughs> um, there are a lot of issues. Uh, you know, I would say um, one spouse usually, not usually, um, often has resentment for the other spouse's kids, um, parenting issues. They're not parenting on the same page. That's a big one. Um, they're not parenting on the same page? They're not parenting on the same page. So one parent will say one thing and the other parent... Like you can go to bed at 1 a.m. where the other parent's like, hey, you know, like the kid's 12. He needs to go to bed at uh, at 10 Yeah, I mean, listen, this is the same kind of thing we see in, in unblended families. But, you know, it's very important to be on the same page uh, when you're parenting. The one that sort of upsets me the most when I see it is when one spouse says to the other, don't discipline my children or just discipline your children. You know, in my mind and the way I run I run my practice when I approach these families and, and these couples is that if, if you're marrying the spouse, you're marrying the children. And it only stands to reason to be able to agree to parent everybody the same way and not have divisions well those are your kids you parent your kids and I'll parent mine it doesn't work at the end of the day yeah and I want to talk about that later on in the show but Joan before uh, we go to break I want to ask you were were there some difficulties that you may have experienced with your blended family I know it's Um, easier when the kids are younger right but yes definitely well I don't know if if that's true or not because there's more caring that needs to happen like what do they want to eat what's their what are they doing in school there's more details that you need to look after when the kids are little as they grow up it definitely gets easier because they're more independent and I think well for us we had great communication with their mom and she was very supportive so that that was key the fact that everybody was able to parent on the same page and we sat down at one point and she had remarried at that point we sat down the four of us and here's what we're doing let's all agree I don't know if we necessarily stick to everything that we had agreed to but we had the best intention and that's I think the best approach we need to take a break you're listening to the dating and relationship show on talk radio am 640 we're talking about blended families we'll be right back You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. And with me today is the lovely Joan Kelly Walker Hello. of the Real Housewives of Toronto and Lauren Millman. She's a family counselor. Uh, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're talking about blended families. And I, I want to talk about introducing partners to the children right now. Okay. I think it's uh, it's important to discuss. Now, um, do you, uh, Lauren, have a guideline that people should follow when introducing their kids to their to their new partner? I think it's important to respect everybody's individualness in a family. Um, however, there are guidelines that I suggest to some of my clients. Um, the 
biggest one is wait until the honeymoon period is over. Which Be- is what? Three 12, months, 12 months? 12 to 18 months. Okay. To, because we're still often on our best behavior at eight, nine, 10 months. It's not until 12, 14 months when we start feeling really comfortable. But you, I think you can start seeing the signs as early as three months. Yes. Yeah. I, or, I think or sooner. You start seeing some red flags. <laughs> but I think what happens is people want to be in that relationship so bad that they overlook those red flags and then they continue and then it's it's almost like you continue into that relationship and mm-hmm. you get so far deep that it's like almost too late like yeah. it's We're too all, hard to leave yeah, I, yeah. I, sorry i gotta chime in here yes. 12 to 18 months 12 to 18 months that before you that just seems like an eternity to me <laughs> i i can't even that, imagine well, how that. long did you wait joan well it was uh we met in november it was in the spring but i think at that point we had a really good indication that we really were serious and we wanted to be together so and, so and it was just natural so that that's months. the telltale sign so that's where you know i say you have to respect the fact that everybody is an individual and you know when you're in the relationship yourself you know how how right it feels or how good it feels you know how many red flags y- you've flagged in your in your mind you know how many issues you've had to overcome um but if you're not sure and you want to be super sure y- you want to have that that window because in any relationship, you know, whether we meet other women or we're dating um, or whatever the relationship is, we're always on our best behavior for the first few months. And it's not until we start settling in and feeling comfortable that some of those those bad habits and those flags start coming out. You've got to work those things yeah. out. Yeah, and I know, I know a, 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 some one person in particular, which I can't mention any names, but it just seemed like every few months they had a new flavor of the month mm. and they kept introducing this person to their kids. And but it's just like, it, why are you doing that? You're yeah. just going to damage the kids. Does it have to be a huge deal to introduce the kids? Like, is it necessarily I, I, or can it be just sort of a casual I love that. thing where you're doing something fun together and... Dad like has this a is my friend. I love that. Yeah. That's exactly how it should go. Okay. You don't want to build up the situation because listen, you know, the kids are sensitive to what's going on and they know what's going on. They've got really big ears and really big eyes. So you want to just make it casual and exactly introduce them as a friend and and then, you know, continue. listen up folks at home, <laughs> very important. Continue <laughs> introducing them um, you know, to the kids and, and do fun things to see if everybody gels together. And what about doing it as a group? If, it, you know, if you, if the dad has you know, a group of friends and the kids are over and the Absolutely. kids have some friends, that Best to me, to they wouldn't know that there's anything up at all. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, I... But th- most I th- people don't do that. No, most people no, don't. they get all excited. Yes. Like, oh, they, yes. they make know, it formal. My, yeah. Yes, my yes. My girlfriend. My suggestion boyfriend. is not to make it formal, to keep it casual. And it's it's better for the kids, ease them into it. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the discipline, right? Mm. Be- and we, we discussed that earlier. Mm. You mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So changes in discipline or authority were found as one of the biggest adjustments in a step family. Uh, Joan, what was it like in your situation? Oh, well, that's a huge question. I, even with my own kids, I don't like to say, okay, they need discipline. I don't. I try and communicate with them as much as possible. And because the older two I didn't give birth to, I have to respect what their mother would like. So I always approached it like I'm not their mom. 
I'm an important person in their life. I want to be a role model for them. I don't want them to resent me. I don't want to be their best friend. I just want to be a solid person. And if they're doing something that they need calling out on, I'm going to have a conversation with them. I might take them aside. I might, you know, at night when I tuck them in bed, sit on the side of their bed and and say, you know, that thing that happened and just do it it that way. So it's a very (laughs) subtle thing. But, you know, I didn't have to do a lot of that. And I also kind of let their dad take the lead because so what, he's their dad. Okay, Lauren, what if they don't have uh, a mother or a father and, and the new step-parent becomes that, their new mother or father? I mean, they have a right to discipline the child, right? I think they have an obligation to discipline the child. Okay. And so I, I really love what you said, Joan. I think that... Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I, think I was like, did I totally right. do the wrong thing? <laughs> no, yeah, I really, this is exemplar because this is how you want to approach things. You want to have everybody on the same page. You're not the replacement mother. You're, you know, the extra added person that they can look up to that they have for support and everybody needs to parent and do things on the same page because if we have people mom and dad and stepmom and step stepping on each other's toes the kids are going to get confused um you're going to have chaos in the house and you're going to have children that don't know what's going on that don't know if they're coming or going but what if you're living with those kids 24 hours a day seven days a week well you've got to have that would be hard to do not discipline them well Exactly. You know, I I think it's an unrealistic expectation to have, to think that you're not going to, you know, discipline. I've had clients in my office who specifically say, don't discipline. You you, you have to step up to the plate and discipline. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about exes and step families. Don't go away. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Now back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. What a great show. I have Lauren Millman, family counselor, and Joan Kelly Walker of the Real Housewives of Toronto. Hello. And they're here. And we're talking about blended families. And now we want to talk about exes and step families. Ooh. This could get heated. <laughs> okay, so Joan, I want to start with you. Okay. What did you feel was important to establish in the relationship you have with the boy's mom? Well, this is a great story because there's a lot of people out there with horror stories Mm -hmm. of their spouse's Uh exes. And I'm the opposite of that. And I'm I'm very happy about that. And I think uh, she and I just both agree to get along. It's the right thing to do and I have a lot of respect for her. I realized that because I was on your Instagram and I saw you liked some of her stuff. Yeah. And no, I was she's, like, oh, they're friends. That's she's great. a She's a good woman and the night that I met her years ago, I remember she was wearing a green dress. We were at a party or a club or something and she put her arm around me and she said, so what do you want to know about Dawn? And she just kind of set, you know, just set put it tone. out there and it, it was very comforting that, okay, we're going to communicate we're going to get along I don't say like we're you know we're not in each other's back pockets at all but what about the opposite what about if she didn't do that and what if she wasn't very nice to you how do you think you would have handled that (sighs) I don't you know I would probably just try and nice someone 
and win yeah. them over. With that kindness. would be my first approach, I think. Yeah. Like, and I can see that because you're so sweet. <laughs> that would be what I would do, but I can see a lot of people would really just get their back up and then, and then it's fighting and you don't get anywhere that way. So, uh, Lauren, how important is yes. it that ex-wives, uh, you know, get along? Well, New wives, ex-wives, they get along. How important is it for the family? For the kids, is it necessary? For the kids, for sure. Yeah. You know, okay. hands down, it's necessary. Um, I'm constantly, you know, saying, well, listen, it is what it is. Um, and if the kids are under 18, you're going to end up having a relationship with them. So put your ego in your back pocket and suck it up and be nice because somehow you're going to have to figure out how you're going to communicate with this person and you will be communicating with this person. Um, so you, you might as well make nice, nice and, and make it a palatable conversation, not just for you and her, but for the children. We have to keep in mind that the children always, always come first. And at the end of the day, you know, it's nice to be able to say to yourself, well, you know, I really did a great job in that situation. I, I held back. I didn't get angry. I didn't erupt. You know, I didn't react. And I, I treated her respectfully and I was respectful to myself. Okay. So what if you have scenario? What if you have the pestering uh, ex who's, you know, overstepping boundaries at every moment? You know, mm -hmm. she's calling when she's not supposed to. She's showing up when she's not supposed to. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you deal with that? So there, there are two options. The easiest option is don't pick up the phone. <laughs> okay. Right. We have. We have. But what so if there's many like ways the, there, to what, communicate yeah, there, nowadays? There, it's almost impossible are. to avoid all that. So what I suggest to my clients is is first of all make sure that everybody understands the implications uh, and the the rules, if you will, of the parenting agreement, if there is one. Um, agree to disagree and agree to agree. Work out how you're going to. Uh, manage these conversations. I particularly like uh, that all of all of my blended families and all of my exes, especially when they're not getting along, use a paper trail, and that's by email. Communicate by email. But what Why about like Because I I know something like this happened to somebody I know where the you know the ex was calling like at midnight and it was was almost like. Uh, there's an emergency type of thing mm -hmm. with the child, but there wasn't. Mm -hmm. And this kept happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and now um, they're, the new girlfriend is not allowing um, the boyfriend or the husband or whatever to, to talk to the ex at all. Right. Like, is that right or is that wrong? I think that's wrong well, because they have two kids together, right? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, yes, it's wrong. Is it is it legal? No, there's, there's no legal issue around somebody saying, no, you can't speak to them anymore. That's that's a relationship issue. You, you know, give me a call at the end of the show and I'll book you an appointment. This this is the kind of thing that we need to talk about because there needs to be open communication. Um, if it's an emergency and, and you're calling, yes, but you know what? It's like the boy who cried wolf. If you're calling too often, how do we know that there's an emergency and you're going to end up being left out in the cold. So I always say, if you have anything to communicate, especially if you're not getting along with your ex-spouse, put it in an email. And that way it can be handled and managed in an appropriate manner, in a timely manner. And taken to court if needed, right? Exactly. You want a paper trail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are some tips you can offer new wives and ex-wives to get to help them get along? 
And Joan, you can help out with this too. Well, just what popped into my head is that um, my husband had dated a, a few women that uh, his ex-wife had met. And I think when she met me, she realized that I was a respectful person and that I would be, you know, not trying to replaced her in any way with the kids. So I think with her being kind to me, it just sort of put a stamp on of approval on it, which I think made my husband more comfortable in going forward with the relationship with me, which was great. So the tip that I would offer, uh, well, I can't talk for an ex-wife because I've never been divorced, but as a new wife is to show kindness. I mean, just th- think about it. Like you're, she's, giving her kids to someone else and that's a like I'd be fearful about that but it it might be hard to do for someone who just still loves their ex and there's jealousy it's a big picture thing though you gotta think about the kids it's a big picture thing you know it's difficult when you're harboring anger and resentment when you haven't resolved or reconciled how you're feeling about the separation or, or the divorce my suggestion is to work that out however you decide to work it out work it out that's all ego and then be able to put you're able to put the kids in front and and be nice be kind be nice be kind be nice we need to take a break you're listening to the dating and relationship show on talk radio am 640 we'll be back listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. What a great show. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640 with me, Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. In studio, I have Lauren Millman, a Hi, family everybody. counselor. And uh, Joan Kelly Walker, she's here with us today. And we're talking about blended families. And now I want to get into transitioning to a blended family. So, Lauren... Yes, what are some of the ways that couples can prepare for the changes and the adjustments that they're faced with when moving into blended families? So I think it's important to have a plan and to not just jump into it because it's a huge transition for everybody. Um, and of course, when we talk about blended families, we're talking about kids. So we touched on this before. Um, I think it's really important to front load the kids. It's a term I use a lot in my practice, specifically when I'm dealing with parenting issues. And it has to do with the five W's and that little H at the end, the what, when, where, uh, why, who, and how. So you want to let your kids know, you know, what's going on and how, how it all looks so that they're not um, shocked into this new situation and give the kids space um, and give yourself space and give your new partner space so that everybody can settle into their new roles and get to know each other. Uh, and it's a, a smoother, more seamless dynamic that you're creating rather than an immediate family where there's upheaval and those lovely words, anger and resentment again. Very nice. Good advice. Uh, What are some things that step parents should consider before jumping right in and establishing like a close relationship with their stepchildren? I think it's really important to remember that relationshiping doesn't happen overnight. Um, We have to get to know the other person. So baby steps. Very small baby steps and they're cumulative. They are cumulative. Some something I read it said both boys and girls in step families have reported that they prefer verbal affection such as praises or compliments rather than physical closeness such as hugs and kisses. 
and that boys appear I to accept see that and boys appear to accept a stepfather more quickly than girls would. So the mm. essence of humanity is connectedness. Got to have my behavior hat on here, right? <laughs> we all want to feel connected, right? And when we feel connected, we become connected. And so how do we connect? Not everybody's touchy-feely, and, and that's almost an invasion of space for a lot of people. So praise and positive language um, is really, really important when you're building a relationship because you want to establish trust. Trust isn't established by being touchy-feely. It's, it's established by communication, by words. Yeah, and I guess it all depends on the age factor. We'll talk about the age again because I, I'm assuming I would think that the younger the children are, the, the, the easier they would adapt, right? Or they will adapt to the situation. But the older they get, it, you know, I'm thinking 13, 14, teenage years, they have more of an attitude. Like, who is this new person that's come into our lives? Right. Don't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my mother. You're not my father. Why do I have to listen to you? Why do I have to put up with this? Well, so the younger the child, the the, the more willing they are to accept that nurturing aspect. Whereas the older the child becomes, as grown-ups, we have to appeal to their cognitive sense. Um, and, and what you're referring to is, is the pushback. And so when we get pushback like that, it's really important to give space and to communicate. You know, you were talking before about communication, Joan. Communication is so important because it just opens up all these doors and to approach communication in a relaxed manner without expectation. And it's also about time well spent. Like mm-hmm. you can be in the house together as a family, but you're not really communicating. You're not really spending good time together. Quality over quantity. So when you're spending time together with new stepkids, you got to make a, an effort. You got to make a huge effort to really get to know them mm-hmm. and for them to get comfortable. It doesn't matter if they're te- the teenagers with attitude or the little kids that need more caring for. You have to be engaged. And it takes time. Like activities together. Absolutely. Having meals together at the at Talking, dinner table. Communicating. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. those Listening, phones down. Sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And Joan, how easy was it for you? I know the kids were like four and six. So I'm assuming it it was easy for you. It was easy. They were little. They were busy. They had lots of activities. But I think... And they were probably so cute and you just wanted so to eat cute, them up. So so and adorable. And they were okay with that at that age, right? Yeah. yeah they were They were great. And uh, when it was the four of us together, my husband always kind of went with the boy because he was older. And then the girl always kind of gravitated to me because she's a real girly girl and we do girly girl stuff and she'd have her little princess outfit on. So it, it was just kind of a, an easy way to do it. But it was, it was fine. There there was no huge gap in it. And that's that's really an important um, point, too, just that you touched upon. When, when you're trying to build a relationship, don't do activities that you like. Do activities that each individual child likes because that's bonding. Yeah. And it's normal. If you go to pick them up at karate and you come early so you can watch them a bit, like that's a normal thing to do. And it also lets them know that you're there for them. Absolutely. Like, it's important. Yeah. And how about blending families and the kids, all of a sudden they have like a, a stepbrother, a stepsister that they have to share a room with or share things with. So Lauren, is there a way that they can make that transition a little easier? It depends on the age of the kids. I think the younger they are, um, now younger, we're talking, you know, anywhere between four and 10, especially if they're girls, you can broach the topic by starting off with sleepovers that's fun, right? What little girl doesn't like sleepovers? And sort of segue into um, 
you know, the, the, the proposal that these, these kids are going to come in, you're going to have to share a room with them. Um, that way, my whole my whole premise with everything that that we do um, that's interpersonal is to communicate and start a conversation because you always want to get buy-in because if you don't get buy-in, you get pushback. So the buy-in is, listen, this is what's going on and this is what's going to have to happen. So let's talk about it so that we can make it an easy transition. I want to know how you feel and then, you know, take it from there. Yeah, and I read too that studies show that it generally takes between two and five years for a blended family to transition successfully. Is that true? That mm. that just seems like a long it time. It, yeah. it, it, that I mean, listen, it depends again on the family. It depends on the people. It depends on the exes. It depends on how much you've resolved and how much you've reconciled. Uh, again, it, it, it can take a, a really long time, but intent is everything, everything. And I think if you're continually working on improving the family dynamic and keeping the communication, that you're good to go. We'll be back. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. Now, back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. It's Sunday night. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. With me, your host, Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. We're talking about blended families today with Lauren Millman. from uh, She's a family counselor. And as well, Joan Kelly Walker of The Real Housewives of Toronto. Um, great discussion here. Uh, hopefully, you folk at home are listening up to some of this and you're learning from today's discussion. We, uh, I want to talk about uh, different, or I want to give you some different scenarios that have to do with the kids and then let's see if we can come up with some answers. So Lauren, what do you suggest parents can do when the kids don't get along? Okay, love this question because it has to do with behavior. So it's important to understand that every behavior is a, is a reaction. It's a symptom to something. So you need to find out what the heck is going on? So talk to your kids. Why don't they like each other? What are they feeling? What are they thinking? If what we, did they do? What did they do? If we need to get the conversation going because often it's nothing. Um, but people often don't get along. And I think it's only fair that we try to figure out why so that we can help to empower them to figure it out to get along. And how about, again, forcing them to to engage in activities together? So, Like signing them both up for ballet or whatever the case may be. If, if, if both of them like ballet, then, you know, that's a great activity that they can do together. And, and through that, they can see, uh, they can grow a bond. Um, again, you've got to get buy-in, you know. It's really important to figure out what's going on. Are there any triggers? Um, and then you can, you know, do activities together. I typically suggest activities where you can oversee what's going on because as the uh, as the adult pair of eyes, you're going to be able to see if there are any triggers um, that you can identify so that you can, after the activity or during the activity, um, broach the, the kids and, and say, hey, listen, I see that this is going on. You know, what about this or what about that? How about a child that's jealous of their new stepmom or stepdad very common mm-hmm. hugely common in fact again we need to open up the conversation um t- 
you know, too many parents just drag their kids into it expecting that, you know, you're just going to accept what's going on, right? And it doesn't work like that, you know, even even the little ones, three, four, five years old, um, they've got feelings, they know what's going on, and they want to be a part of it. And they want to be heard. And they want to be understood. So we've, we've got to be talking. They also have to be a priority and a focus. And they have For to sure. really feel that. So if, yes. if they're feeling like, well, that new person is taking time away from my parent, that's not fair to the kid. For sure. Or the new child, right? Agreed. They might they actually might be jealous of the new the new brother or sister. Agreed. I've seen that a lot. But we have to ask these questions. If we're not asking these questions or if we're not sure about what we're seeing, we've got to go to that child or, or that teenager and say, Hey, what's going on? Well, in my case, we had two more boys right away. So the older kids suddenly had more kids and and we made it like they were so excited and it was so great and and they just knew that this was a huge addition to their life so that's how we had broached it with them and it it worked out that way and it did take my time away from them for sure and their dads too but he made a huge effort to really make them feel that's what i was going like to ask yeah. should should the parent be giving them more affection let's say when they're jealous of their new brother or sister should they be you have giving to them more you include them okay. in the caring for their new brother or sister you have to trust them to help and, and give them things to do, I think. In- inclusion is huge. You know, everybody wants to feel viable and feel useful and feel appreciated and feel acknowledged and feel validated. So inclusion inclusion is really, really important. So do we have the same answer for children that show signs of stress and depression? So, you know, I'm so glad that you included that question um, because stress and depression, particularly amongst older children as we get into the teen years, is becoming uh, more prevalent. Um, a lot of children withdraw when they enter into a blended family uh, situation. Um, and the signs can be very different for each child. Uh, so I think, again, I keep, I keep coming back to How this. How do you know what to look for, though? So, like what, it, you know, teenagers are kind of, they're on their own. They're making plans with their friends and stuff. How right. do, question, How do John, I good know question. what good to question. look for? Right. So you're going to look for the teenager who's more withdrawn, the teenager who's a little bit more combative, the teenager who um, wants to spend less time at home, uh, marks dropping, perhaps a change in their appearance. Um, perhaps friends that you wouldn't normally see them hanging out with. Uh, so it's it's really important to keep your eyes open for that because, you know, kids are susceptible to, to feeling left out um, and invalidated, and that leads to stress and depression. We'll be right back. You're uh, listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We're talking about blended families. You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. So I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. So what's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's an old trend that we're seeing, and that's buyers can breathe. With the recent downtick, properties are staying on the market for a couple of days. That now gives buyers some breathing room to make a decision. But buyers make sure it's an informed decision by viewing a selection of properties with your realtor so you can confidently act fast to get your perfect property. Call or email me with any questions. 
They can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I'm Laura Bellata, and uh, we have Lauren Millman. She's a family counselor. She's here with us today. And Kelly, I mean, Joan Kelly Walker, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Such a long name. No problem. We're talking about blended families, and uh, we're just about to wrap up here. But uh, Lauren, I want to ask you, what would you say are the signs that families should seek help or counseling? It's a great question. There are lots of signs. I think probably the most telltale sign is when you start to not feel happy. That's a big one. Um, that could be right from the beginning. That could be. That could be. There, listen, oftentimes there are little things that you need to tweak and it's smooth sailing from there. But when you start to really feel unhappy and you're you're dreading participating in the family, you're arguing a lot, you don't want to come home, you're constantly angry, it's probably time to consider just talking to somebody. You mean on your own? Like, or do you like... I'm talking so about family. So if I'm feeling that way, though, would I seek your help by myself or would I bring my spouse So you could do you. Time? So I, I see individuals, I see couples, I see families. When we're talking about the blended family dynamic, um, I usually see mom and dad together. Uh, and then I, I see kids separately. And then I bring it all together. So it's like a puzzle. I, you know, I figure out, I, I find out what's going on with mom and dad and what's going on with them and what they're not happy with. I find out what's going on with the kids, what they're not happy about. Um, and then I, I bring it together. And oftentimes we'll sit down together. And a lot of the time it's just a little bit of tweaking, you know. Do you see families right from the beginning? Like before they even decide that they're going to be, or what they may, they may have made a decision to move in together, but they haven't really taken the plunge yet. As a preemptive measure, um, I have on occasion, you know, seen seen people. I, I actually do a lot of pre-marriage stuff like that. Um, but you know, families are, are they they want to know that they're doing it right. So yeah, they might come to me for advice, and usually it's it's one or two sessions, and you know, I give them some tricks of the trade, and how, you know how to make sure that the communication is smooth and what to say and what not to say. And I don't see them again, which is really nice. Okay, Joan and Joan, uh, what have you made important to maintain in your relationship with Dawn to keep the family happy and running as smooth as possible? Wow. Well, I kind of feel like the hub of our extended family. So a lot of times I'm the one that organizes all the big family dinners and, and getting my side of the family, my mom, my dad, my sister, their do you kids. Cook? I do cook. <laughs> I, can, I can make a mean turkey dinner for 30 people with my eyes closed. <laughs> my sister and I work really well together. And when, once we get my extended family and Dawn's extended family together, it's like 30 Must be people. be a great party. It, mm-hmm. Well, you know, we go to the cottage and we have lots of room. So, you know, and this big harvest table. So that's fantastic. So I think me being the hub of organizing stuff like that is really key. Excellent.
Excellent. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming in and joining me today. Thank you, um, If any of the following scenarios or topics we discussed apply to you, I hope we were able to give you a little insight on how to move forward when dealing with the issues at hand. Uh, feel free to check out Lauren Millman and her professional services in Toronto for family counseling, uh, www.laurenmillman.com. And you can stay connected with Joan by visiting her new gorgeous website. Thank you. Joan Kelly Walker. And for little old me, you can uh, stay connected with me by following me on Instagram, Laura underscore Bellotta. And don't be shy. Check out my website, singleinthecity.ca for upcoming singles events, articles on dating and relationships and blogs of our past shows. Have a great week, everybody. Ciao for now.